Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I'm Josh Anderson. A little bit of a retooling. I'm not going to be announcing every single episode at the beginning. It's going to be a little mundane. Change it up a little bit. So I'm just going to be talking about what I'm going to be talking about in each episode. And, uh, well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Event 8 of 23 of the 2021 NHRA regular season and it's going to be the tascaparts.com nhra new england nationals and that was in epping new hampshire it was a uh i thought the broadcast actually did pretty well over the telecast just kind of showing the uh, history of it and obviously they did not come here towards the 2020 season because the east coast was on such a lockdown status but uh it was lots of fans were out and about grandstands were pretty packed no masks or anything such like that the racing was very good they did have some uh car count issues especially in the uh uh especially in the uh, uh, top field dragsters. They only had 12 cars come. That was a problem. And uh, that, that does suck. And, you know, you, you kind of look at it. A lot of teams do have to, you know, save budget. And it is kind of a drive, especially if you are a team coming all the way from the West Coast. This is always a, a race that's always going to be hard to get anybody over there. But... You know what? For for the teams that do make the drive, thank you for for going for the fans because they are the ones that are you know they're the ones who pay the expensive ticket. Um, I was looking at the Brainer tickets the other day and I saw that you know they they raise ticket prices, uh, but you know they have to recoup some of the money that they didn't come in 2020 and everybody has to make money somewhere. I saw one event was $80 just for Saturday only, and that's pretty expensive. But uh, let's get to the race, and let's start with uh, Top Fuel. And uh, your winner of the event was uh, a surprise. Uh, actually, it was kind of a surprise final. Uh, Billy Torrance and Mike Salinas. Uh, you know, part of the broad broadcast was celebrating that uh, Mike Salinas's wife uh graduated from harvard so you thought maybe that uh it was going to be a uh, mike salinas victory but no it was a billy torrens victory on a whole shot and it, you know one of the things are it looked to be that the capco cars were a little under power over the weekend you know even though billy torrens was uh, you know the number one qualified car but during the eliminations they weren't the the best cars throughout the entire race billy kind of benefited uh with the buy in the semis and uh he uh, barely got through the first round now the, his toughest competition obviously outside the final round was in the second round but either way he was able to get a, left a little bit on mike salinas uh, he ran a 382.7 at 324 miles per hour. 
over Mike Salinas. Mike Salinas's light was a 95 light. Torrance was Billy Torrance's was an 82. Solid drag race and Billy Torrance. It was that's a solid run for him, and in the middle of the day to get the victory. And uh, like I said, he had a because there were only 12 cars. Whoever won in the whoever won in the second round was going to get a buy in the semis, and that was really odd to watch in the uh, when I watched the telecast. That was just really weird and not often. Now, I remember when I was young, getting the National Dragster magazine, and you know this happened in the '90s where you'd only get sometimes get 13, 14, sometimes 12 cars. So. Even in 2021, you're like, oh boy, is, is the series in trouble? No, this happened in the 80s and 90s too. So, uh, Mike Salinas actually had a difficult run because he to get to the final round, he beat uh, Doug Coletta and Steve Torrance. So, either way, just to get to the final round, and it was just one of those things where, you know, he had a good day, and he's building upon the season. He was the... Number two qualified car throughout the entire race, so uh, he it should be interesting to see how well he does the entire rest of the season. Going through the re- remaining part of the event, uh, Steve Torrance got to another semifinal. Uh, he got a little bit lucky here in this event, even to get to the semifinals. Uh, it's gonna. He's getting a lot of beneficial points so far in building his points lead, and the reason why I say that in the uh, second round, he got a massive hole shot on Leah Pruitt, and he won on a hole shot there. If if Leah, if Leah Pruitt had a better reaction time, she would own the race and. The fact of the matter is, is that Leah Pruitt probably should have lost in the first round. And let's just get to Leah right now. And she, her reaction time was a 103. And in the first round, her reaction time was a 90. And the reason she should have lost round one to Justin Ashley. Justin Ashley's light was a 45, but uh, he hazed the tires at mid track and she was able to go around him. And. Before that, Leah Pruitt has lost in the first round three straight events. She is struggling this season, and that's something that Don Schumacher probably needs to look at. I don't think it's not her, maybe not struggling, but it's probably looking, you maybe have to look at changing up the crew. Maybe it's a crew chief issue, but for Leah Pruitt, this, this should have been a big year for her because... She's kind of sputtering in her career, and it's just one of those things where is she just going to be a an okay driver that just sometimes win wins an occasional event here or there? But you know she is a highly reputable driver, but she needs a breakthrough career. Something something needs to happen for her. It happened to Brittany Forrest. Brittany Forrest won the twenty seventeen Top Field Championship. Leah Pruitt hasn't had that happen yet, and it, it's it, each passing race and each passing year, it's kind of looking like that isn't ha- going to happen. Uh, Steve Torrance has won three straight three straight championships. 
and it's kind of looking like uh, Leah Pruitt is not even going to reach Doug Coletta's heights of just kind of being a second place person. It's just kind of being looking like she's just going to be a maybe a top five, top ten, uh, slightly. I'll just go. Ah, it's just it's just kind of just disappointing because she has talent, but it's just something always ends up happening with her that she just always underachieves, and right now that is happening to her. All right, to the rest of the top field class, uh, Antron Brown lost a tough one in round two to, uh, oh, real quickly, back to Steve Torrance. Uh, he did lose um, in uh, the semis, but uh, he did outdrive Leah Pruitt in round two. That's what champions do, and that's how he, uh, even though he lost in the semis, he was able to grow his points lead because Antron Brown lost in round two. So that's it's got to be disappointing for Antron Brown, especially when this is his best season he's had so far in in at least in a few years. Uh, Doug Coletta lost in round two. I I think Connie needs to reevaluate what's going on in that team. Uh, so far this season, it's been a disappointment. Uh, he obviously he started out with a massive points gap last season, twenty twenty. Regardless of COVID or not, and it's just it's just not happening this season at all. Uh, I I don't know what to do there either, and they, they need to get going really fast here, or otherwise Steve Torrance or Antron Brown or just I understand there's going to be a points reset, but they need to get going here fast. Uh, guys who lost in the first round or gals, uh, Brittany Force uh, underpowered. Uh, lost to Antron Brown in the first round. Um, kind of under. She has the car there, and I just. Uh, first couple of races, it was reaction time. Uh, this was just kind of a. I think there was a. Uh, I think she'll be back at some point, but she kind of needs to go on a streak here. Uh, it's just bad timing for her, but she does have the car to compete with Torrance. Or, or anyone, she just needs to work on a reaction time, as I said before. Uh, Sean Langdon uh, had a little bit of an issue against Doug Coletta. Otherwise, he has been doing solid this year. Uh, Justin Ashley, reaction time was wonderful. It's just going to be a thing where he needs to have the car behind him, and that's going to be up in the air with him. And I think that's going to probably cost him the championship or at least a championship contender this year. He just doesn't have the car to go with him. And then uh, Clay Milken, just a bad matchup in round one. The car the car wasn't there, and uh, just just a bad matchup against Steve Torrance in round one. Obviously, a usual number nine qualifier won't go up against a number four qualifier, but that's what happens when you only have a 12-car field. We look at the... Point standing for point standings for the NHRA for Top Fuel. Steve Torrance, as I said, was able to grow his points lead to 162 points over Antron Brown. Uh, Billy Torrance moved up to third place with the win, but he is still down by 215 points. Uh, Sean Langdon is now 252 points back and forth. Brittany Force is 5th, Doug Coletta is 6th, Justin Ashley is 7th, Josh Hart, 
who wasn't here, is an eighth. Clay Milliken is ninth. Leah Pruitt is tenth. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Mike Salinas. How many? I don't know if he's doing the full season, uh, but if he is, is if he can catch Josh Hart now. He's only. 14 points back, but Josh Hart has been going rounds when he does a limited schedule. So if, uh, obviously with the limited schedule, Josh Hart probably won't make the countdown. So Salinas probably will. So that is the top, at least 11 in the championship. There's probably only going to be about 10 cars going to be making the countdown. And there's probably... Honestly, only about a few handful of cars that even this season are going to be even having a chance to win a championship. And that's kind of disappointing in the top field class. But obviously COVID kind of happened and uh, we'll be moving on hopefully 2022 and beyond. Uh, cars start coming back and uh, a little bit more budgets are better. Uh, hopefully maybe John Forrest gets a little bit more of a budget for 2022 and gets that ad proc back into the uh, fold but we'll have to see we don't know and uh, I know that he's been posting on Twitter that he kind of misses the action and uh, a lot of people miss him back as well all right back to funny car and uh, John Force wins again he wins his 153rd race of his career the greatest of all time in terms of drag racing, is having the best season since he won his last uh, championship. And uh, I think the field should be kind of worried about this. And uh, he's qualifying well, and uh, he's, he's racing well. And when you, look at the, when you look at recently when John Forrest hasn't been doing well, it's when he's losing early in rounds. And when you take Jack Beckman out of the field uh, who Jack Beckman since Jack Beckman's been racing he's probably had the most success against uh, John Forrest but they took Jack Beckman out of competition because of budging and John Forrest is uh, winning again <laughs> so uh, Robert Height who won the following week uh, the, sorry the following race was in the final round and uh, looks like uh, John Forrest Racing is back. I found it interesting when I thought about this that uh, they were able to pull the resources together and they're just focus focusing on two funny cars and one top field dragster. And performance-wise, all the cars are doing exceptionally well and the performances are doing great. And John is looking amazing uh, even at his age his reaction times are wonderful even though he lost in round one the previous week uh, he is looking amazing he's already won two races he's been to multiple final rounds and he has a great opportunity to win this championship this year also Robert Height is up there too this championship could be coming down to these two along with uh, Bob Tasca a look at John. He uh, faced um, he faced some interesting competition. He got revenge on J.R. Todd, who we lost to last week, and he beat Terry Haddock in the semis. Robert Height beat a red lighting Tim Wilkerson. He beat Bob Tasca, the points leader, and he outdueled Alexis Azuria, who had some had a really weird 
smoking the tires in the middle of the uh, middle of the run, which you typically don't see. Robert Height was able to do a massive great pedal job and was able to pass her. She had to be frustrated with that. So Robert Height uh, and John are doing a wonderful job this season on just getting race wins early and often, getting to the final rounds. And that's something that both drivers have been doing, at least John this season, that he hasn't been able to do the last few years. Obviously, Robert won the championship in uh, 2019. So he's ready and rearing to go. He was looking good in 2020 before the uh, uh, lockdowns happened. So uh, he is ripping and ready to go. Looking at the rest of the results uh tim wilkerson had to be frustrated by the red light he finally made it to a, a semi-final round he had a great second round win over matt hagan that was extremely extremely impressive and that was a moment that uh, tim has been looking for this entire season he had a lackluster run in the first round win over blake alexander uh Terry Haddock, good for him. He had a massive upset in the first round against Ron Caps. R Ron was massively upset, or I mean, massively ahead in the uh, uh, first round he, uh, most of the way when he was uh, in the run, and then he ran into some problems. Terry was still running, chugging down the racetrack, and was able to pass Ron right before the finish line. And because of only 13 funny cars making the event, the second round match matchup was a, a buy. Now, th this is a subject I wanted to comment on in this way. I, I, I'm kind of confused on... Now, I understand that you want the, the racers to, uh, you know, at least stage, but... I, I don't know. I, I think we need to maybe reevaluate this rule because, you know, I know baseball kind of had this thing where, you know, when you, I, and, I, and I think baseball got a lot of flack originally for this where, you know, you had the pitcher maybe throw four, four pitches and a walk, but maybe, just maybe we can just skip the whole staging procedure and we can just go to uh just skip it and not have this guy go to the staging lane and just you know it's an automatic go to the semifinals and you can just give up lane um, you can just maybe forfeit lane choice because it was just kind of a for the fans perspective you're kind of wasting fans time and optically it looks even even on tv Optically, it looks bad. Now I understand maybe you want to give the guy some airtime and give sponsorship time, but maybe you can give some some like interview time in the pits or some footage like that, or reissue his uh, run in the first round. I, I think there's a tons of different opportunities that you could do, or actually make him do a run. But just making him just stage is just ridiculous and terrible. And I, it's just, you know, people are paying a lot of money 
to go there and to just watch that is just optically bad. So I think this rule needs to be looked at and we need to change it, please. But uh, second round losers, um, Matt Dagan, uh, it hasn't been a good year for him. Uh, obviously the 2020 champion had a great year. Not all the competition wasn't there, obviously. But no, he's a very talented driver. He's won multiple championship championships. But he had qualifying. He was wonderful. He, you know, he and he's won this event multiple times. And you would think, and he has won this event uh, three years prior. So you thought maybe being the number one qualifier here, he was going to march his way to victory. But that didn't happen. Uh, and. Uh, he got a first round by, but uh, he obviously uh, just continuing bad luck this year. Uh, you don't know what's exactly going on, but he lost in reaction time and overall performance. So that has to be extremely getting frustrating for him, the team owner, and just the overall team in general. So I don't know what is going to happen from there on. Uh, Bob Tasca uh, smoked the tires. Just uh, uh, ever since he won, he's kind of been faltering. Just, just the, the performance has just tapered off a little bit since that victory over John Force. So we'll have to pay attention to that. He still has the points lead moving forward, but the performance has gone away. Oh, I, I forgot to mention what Terry Haddock. Sorry, in my little rant about against the little stage. Good for him. Uh, you know, getting technically two round wins for a low budgeted team. Good for him on getting that done. Got a little lucky on that whole end, but just good for Terry Haddock. Get a couple extra points. I believe that moves him in the top 10 on the point scale. I think you get a little bonus money just doing that. So for that, uh, J.R. Todd, uh, trying to play a little games. Lost to John Force in round two, as I said. Uh, got a little hole shot on John a little there, but uh, the performance in the car just just wasn't there. So obviously he uh, will have to go to the next race to see where he lies on that whole race. Round one uh, losses. Uh, Blake Alexander. Uh, I think he'll be better. Uh, obviously with being in the gym head car, it's just. The one thing the gym head vehicles need to do is qualify better. And I think with the issues with the lack of vehicles this season, I think they will make the countdown. It's just uh, a matter of qualifying better and just kind of getting luck of matchups. Uh, Jim Campbell uh, lost to Bob Tasca in round one. Just solid run there. Just maybe a little bit better performance. Alexis, uh, I don't exactly know what happened there it was kind of odd to be smoking the tires that late in the run so you you know she was the higher qualified car this is kind of becoming a trend where she is the higher qualified cars in a lot of races and she's losing early round matchups so uh, she's got to be getting frustrated with this and ron caps uh, that's this guy he's got to be getting frustrated a lot of the Don Schumacher cars have got to be getting frustrated. You know, the one thing about that, I kind of wonder, maybe not having all cars there 
not having four vehicles, maybe that's starting to affect things. You, you know, when, when you have four, four vehicles, you're having all this data and that's you're having more an advantage over John Forrest. Maybe that's why you kind of have, more, but maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know, but either way, the the performance advantage that I think Don Schumacher had over J.R. Todd, over John Force, and the Coletta's teams have massively stepped back over the last, uh, since they don't have the same amount of vehicles on the track. So that is vastly notable. And then Cruz Peppergon lost to J.R. Todd in round one. Uh, he had a whole shot over J.R. Yeah, Todd, but lost very closely at the end of the track. Cruz, uh, he, up and down season for him, even with a new team. He Some races he does have the performance, and then other races he kind of kind of falters a little bit so you kind of wonder what exactly you know is is it is it a team issue is it him getting in the issue with the team because over the last few years he he goes through a lot of different teams and it's kind of you kind of it just makes you wonder maybe he needs to step away and let the brains of the operation work and then just take a step back because he seems to be a little bit too much of a control freak all right, looking at the funny car points uh, because of Bob Tasca's early round exit and or early second round exit and John Force's victory. John Force is only 15 points behind in the points. This is the earliest John or this is the closest John Force has been in the points lead this early in the season in in a long time. And it's going to be, people are going to be paying attention to this. People want to see a John Force championship at this advanced age. And it could happen. So Bob Tasca is your points leader. John Force is second. J.R. Todd is only 45 points back in third. Fourth is Robert Height, 72 points behind. Matt Hagen is fifth. Uh, Ron K Matt. Matt Hagen is struggling, but he's only 120 points back. Ron Caps is 123 points back. Tim Wilkerson is 7th. Alexis Joria is 8th. Cruz Pedregon is ninth. And with that semifinal performance, Terry Haddock is 10th. Blake Alexander is 11th. I think Blake will get that 10th spot. And then Jim Campbell is 12th. And Chad Green Running a limited schedule, but I think he has a chance to get into the countdown. He is in 13th. All right, to the final class that race, Pro Stock Motorcycle did not, but Pro Stock did. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to, they're going to have to do, a little, again, a little bit better job introducing the guys, but, uh, you know, people thought maybe uh, Greg Anderson was going to tie. Warren Johnson for that win title record? No, he didn't. Aaron Stanfield, with the performance, wins it. And you thought maybe Greg was going to run a better number because he was laid off the line? No, Aaron Stanfield 
left uh, left on him and actually outperformed him on the track. Uh, 657 with a 6. And Greg had a 657 with a 7. So way to go, Aaron Stanfield. He, he ran solid numbers all day. He uh, had a uh, solid uh, competition. He defeated uh, Mason McGahey, Richie Stevens, and Alan Prusecki uh, the entire uh, uh, the entire way. Uh, for Greg Anderson, he'll just have to wait another event. He is the points leader, but he'll just have to wait another another event. Do I think that makes him so? For Aaron Stanfield, good for him. On uh, Greg, and I'm just gonna take this now. Do, do I think this does this make Greg Anderson the all-time pro stock uh, greatest of all time? No, to me that's Bob Bob Glidden. Bob Glidden, to me, the ten-time champion, over eighty-nine sorry eighty wins. I think Bob is the greatest of all time, and uh, to me that just that just Bob is it and Bob dominated a time that you had uh, when you had to be the greatest uh, now you just I mean when you think about when Bob had to run you had to tune the cars and there was a lot more variety now when you look at, at the cars a lot of the cars are motor dependent and whoever has whoever has the strongest motor and you have a lot of you only have a few different options. You have KB, you have the Erica Erica Enders people. I'm having a brain fart on who they are. I'm sorry, even though I'm doing a podcast. But either way, uh, it's just I don't know. I think Bob is the the goat, and then uh, and Warren Warren is up there. But when when Bob was winning, uh, Warren Warren did not have. Warren did not have anything for Bob at all. Warren lost to Bob every step of the way. And even when Warren started winning, he was losing to Daryl Alderman too. Because Daryl started winning. And then um, when Daryl stepped away for a couple of years, Warren won. And then when Daryl came back, uh, Daryl Alderman was winning too. So either way, I think Bob Glidden is the greatest of all time in terms of pro stock now. Greg Anderson is a solid top, maybe top three, top four for me. And he's a very talented driver for a very talented team. And he has deserved all the wins that he and accolades that he gets. That's just it's just my personal feeling. It it just that's just my personal take. Uh, this race individually, he had a solid he actually had solid uh, reaction times all race because he's made comments in the past that he doesn't want to be around much longer if he can't uh, be with the guys for reaction times. And he, he had his worst reaction time actually was in the uh, final round because if you look at his reaction times throughout the whole race, it was a 31 in the first round, 29 in the second round, and 35 in the semis. It was a 66 in the final round, so it was like, what, what, what's going on? So if he would have had any of the other lights, he actually would have had a chance for to win. So uh, he'll have to uh, go another race to try to uh, tie Warren Johnson for the all-time victories in pro stock. Uh, Matt Hartford 
lost in round two after winning the previous week. Uh, Mason McGehe uh, continuing to develop, lost in the semis. Uh, Dallas Glenn, who won the race so far earlier this season, lost in round two. Richie Stevens is back for a couple of races. He lost in round two. Uh, Erica Enders, another disappointing event. Uh, looked to be performance-wise, looked better this race, but had a horrific red light in round two. Um, it wasn't even close. It was a uh, 16 light. So I, I don't know. And you can tell by the interview and just how the camera was on her, how, how frustrated she was there. And then uh, moving on there, Troy Coughlin Jr. Struggling, struggling just a little bit with the car, I think. Uh, not performing as Jag did, but it's, it's his first year fully in the class. So it's going to take a little time. To develop Kenny Delco lost in round one and uh, Chris McGahey lost in round one. I don't think he's having a particularly good year. I think his son is having a better year than him. So I, I kind of I thought maybe Chris with with more of a younger group of guys, I thought Chris would have a better opportunity to maybe go a little bit further in a championship contender role, but um, he's not. So you kind of wonder what exactly is going on there. So. Either way, uh, Greg Anderson grew his points lead to 105 points, and he is number one. Aaron Stanfield is number two. Mason McGahey is number three. Derek Kramer is fourth. Erica Enders is fifth. Matt Hartford is sixth. Dallas Glenn is seventh. Troy Coffin Jr. is eighth. Kyle Korskecki is ninth. Chris McGahey is tenth. And uh, Kenny Delco is 11th, and that is it in terms of the points. Next race for the NHRA is not until June 24th, which I will be in Norwalk, Ohio. I've actually been to that race. I went there in 2011. It is an awesome racetrack. I recommend everyone go to that event. And uh, I went around, uh, I went a whole race for with my wife, uh, spent time in uh, the hotel. I think we went to Sandusky, Ohio, where we went to like, a place called Goofy Golf, and we went around there. The only thing that was terrible was I think Friday was a little, little bit of a washout, and then, but uh, we wound up having fun just hanging around uh, a little bit more of a suburb area. But regardless of that, the racetrack is amazing. And uh, other than that, and then it's a lot of races, three races in a row. With uh, after that, it'll be uh, uh, it'll be in July. It'll be three races in a row with uh, Colorado, Simona, California, and Pomona. And then it will be after that there'll be a week off, and then there'll be a couple weeks off, and they'll be back in the grind with. Kansas and Brainerd in the week off and there will be U.S. Nationals and then it will be championship will be defined after that so either way that is it for this NHRA review and next up we'll be talking about MXGP I watched that race so either way thank you for listening to this NHRA review see ya